Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon300. And today, I have the pleasure of sitting with two Huskies, both on the defensive side of the ball. To my left, I have senior and linebacker Lance Devoe, and to my right, I have what say? You see, you're not really a junior now. COVID junior. COVID junior. I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like, yeah, because Dylan had he graduated last year, so it's like you know the drill. It's uh, it's a weird time, but a rover, an athlete, a guy who's played many other positions. On my right, Dylan Thomas. We'll start with Lance. Uh, we talked last time you came on the show, why you came back, and it's here now. You have an opportunity to play in the MAC championship. Part of the reason why you came back to play college football again here at NIU. What does that mean to you, and how how much are you looking forward to this opportunity? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, you know, to be back in this position, you know, it's a blessing and, uh, yeah, but you know, it, it's a blessing, you know, uh, we, we've been working, working for this, for this, this chance right here. So, you know, for us to be here right now and, you know, be right there at that line and have a chance to, you know, go in another ring, you know, it, it's a blessing. And then Dylan, for you, you may have been on, were you on the team in 18, yeah. but you were like, you had to have been a freshman. At yeah, that point. I was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, my second year. So what does this mean to you to have your first real chance to go out and win the MAC championship? Uh, it's a big deal. Um, it's a big deal just because like, just like Lance, um, I'm one of the guys who came from the old staff Yeah, and just stuck around through the good, the bad and the ugly and got through it. And now we're kind of back on top, right where we want to be. So it's a great feeling. And um, now just the next thing to do is just go out there and try to get that ring. And then for you, I got an important question. So last time we talked, we talked about what are your Chiefs going to do, and now it seems like they're back. Is yeah. it Super Bowl or bust <laughs> this year? Like, they've looked really good the last few weeks. I feel like I feel like Pat Mahomes, your quarterback, is always Super Bowl. Like, but I feel like, <laughs> like, like people will get worried, but then I, I just saw, like, most of his stats, he's, like, top three in basically everything, everything you want to be top three in. Even he, interceptions too. He, yeah, he, he he slowly climbed out of first out of that. And I, I think he's third right now. Yeah. So we're getting better. We're on the right track. If you give us a couple more games with Fields, I feel like our turnover margin will go up. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's been a it's been a weird season, and I think like for the first time in a few years, it's like there's no true clear cut like this team's going to win it all. Yeah, for sure. And I think that'll make for an interesting playoffs, Lance. For you, um, you're able to get back down to Florida. You got out of this uh, this cold weather. What was it like to get back down to see some family before, you know, arguably one of the biggest games of your career? What that mean to you? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm big on family, so you know, be able to go home and you know get to see the family again after what about four months. You know, it was yeah. definitely good. You know, able to get some of my mom's cooking and uh, enjoy some of the good weather. Yeah. You know, but you know, now I'm back up here. You know, it's back to business. We got a ring to go win. Well, I think he came back on Sunday and heated up a little, like 40, 50 on Sunday. Lance yeah, not brought, too bad. Lance brought a little bit of that heat back with him. <laughs> but uh, so we'll go for this season. A lot of times on this show, I'll ask like what your top three memories are of your mm-hmm. career. But with this season, so many great games that came down to the wire. What are your top three favorite moments from this season? Uh, my first one would have to be uh, the win against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always fun getting the Boneyard victory. And, you know, for me, it was my first game back, you know, coming off of another injury. Like 13 so, of them things or 14 yeah, so, of them know, things. <laughs> you know, for me to, you know, have my, my debut, you know, again after the injury, you know, and come out with a win against a Power 5 school, you know, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Uh, second one would have to be uh, Ball State, you know, winning right. the bronze stock. You know, they, they won it the last two years. We, you know, disappointing, but you know, it's finally back in the cow where it belongs. Yeah. And uh, the third one, oof. 
one was tough. Third one's created on Saturday. Yeah, third one definitely type, on Saturday. Type, yeah. type moment. <laughs> yeah, to be continued. <laughs> to be continued. Dylan, for you, um, at the beginning of the year, man, it was it was unclear like what your role was going to be. And to be honest, like you have exceeded every expectation and you have smashed down every barrier. What are your top three favorite moments from this? I would say groundbreaking season for your career. Um, uh, I think top three. Yeah, I do have to say probably the Eastern game. Like that was my first coming out, and that was a good game for us. Except that long, that three-hour, four-hour rain delay. Oh, that was awful. That was terrible. Yeah. But we 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 don't get through that. Um, I had two sacks, and that was that was dope. I, I never pictured myself getting sacks. Yeah. Coming into college, <laughs> you're like, playing in the secondary. Yeah. It's like, are we gonna send a corner blitz or yeah. even a safety blitz? Ooh. It's like, yo. So that was that was pretty dope. Um, I'll say the uh, the Ball State game. Kind of what Lance is saying. I think for me, the Boston game was so cool just because it, it was a good game itself. Yeah. But for a matching game, the atmosphere was pretty solid uh, yeah. for for a home game, too. Like, that was a – like, it, it felt like it was a, a Saturday night game or something like that. Absolutely, like, yeah. It, the vibes were there, and it was just – it wasn't that cold either in November. It was some mm-hmm. real good weather, great football. And then um, outside of that – We'll say, we'll say we're just a uh, whaling Mac championship, but then just clinch it. I think Buffalo, just yeah. clinching. Um, just knowing, like, all right, like, we're there. We're there. Let's get our bodies back right and just lock back in in two weeks. For the, for I was I was so glad. As much as I wanted to be there when you guys clinched it, uh, I was just a glass case of emotions. I'm like, holy crap. Like yeah. like they said in the in the media session, you know, all the outside noise, the, the reporters, the, the blue checkmark brigade, all that. They all counted you out, and it's like, so let's let's go to that. So, like, what does that mean to you guys to be in this position where I think I may have said it last time where it's like instead of proving them wrong, you guys knew what you were capable of in that locker room. You guys proved yourself right, and now you have everything right in front of you. What does that mean? I think I think that means a lot. It's just like literally it's just, just regardless of, of any situation, and it goes – for, for football and beyond it, it's just, like, don't listen to the outside noise. Like, if you have your goals and you got a mission you want to do, it's it's beyond obtainable if you're taking the right steps day by day yeah. and throughout the calendar year or however long it takes to get to that goal, that end date. And um, I think that's the biggest thing is, like, don't change up, man. You you, you got to stick with it and you got to just stay down. It's a process. And then, Lance, for you, yeah, like Dylan said towards the end of his, his statement right there, Coach talks a lot about the process. You have to be able to trust the process and the results will come. What has it been like to see, you know, last year you go down with the injury, the team goes 0-6, and even the year before, Dylan was a part of that team as well. You guys were real close. It was weird. You we went 5-7, and but you almost still went to the MAC title game. So what's it been like? to see this, to see it through, because a lot of people left. There's only seven seniors that graduated this year. But what's it like to see it through and then see it through to be this successful? Uh, it's been exciting. You know, uh, like yeah. you say, you know, first year they got here, you know, went five and seven, you know. It was a tough year. And, yeah. you know, it's his first year, you know, he's trying to build a culture. And, you know, for it to see us, to see us get to this point that we're at right now, you know, it's, you know, it, it's been fun. You know, uh, we're finally at, you know, we finally got the, the team team structure that we want, you know, guys are buying in, you know, guys are locked in. So, you know, for us to be in this situation right now, after, you know, everything we've been through in this process, you know, it's it's, it's a blessing. And then coach talks a lot about, you know, going one and all each week. And then to even further that controlling your one of one, as much as you'd like to be able to control what Dylan does and Dylan control what you do on the field to make sure there's no mistakes. What do you want to see from yourself on Saturday to make sure that that one of one is taken care of? Uh, well, you know, just one, you know, 
being a leader, you know, making sure I'm making sure guys, you know, locked in, you know, handling my own responsibilities, yeah. you know, as well as, you know, making sure the, dip, the defense is, is, you know, is running good. But, uh, you know, just, you know, playing downhill, staying assignment sound, you know, just doing whatever I can, you know, to help this defense, you know, pull out this win. And then, Dylan, for you, what uh, what is your one of one that you want to see executed out there on Saturday this weekend? Um, for my own personal, um, I'll say it's more just um, um, just eyes and just covering. I'm, I'm in a position this week where I'm uh, going to be more involved with the receivers and yeah. the, uh, the back end aspect of it. And so that's going to become some retro stuff going in. in that, in that <laughs> old school, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, old school for real. So that's, that's going to be fun and just making sure that I'm locked in with that. I don't want to, you know – it, it, it's way easier said than done, but like you, you never want to be the liability and be the one to give an explosive play. And knock on wood, but we're gonna get ready for that and just hopefully, hopefully we come out with a pick. We I think we should, we should have had two the last game. Yeah, the last yeah game penalties. Yeah, yeah the penalty. I think they they took they took that yeah. one away too. That was like clearly yeah, an interception. But yeah. So I mean, to just uh trying to make plays, trying to force turnovers. Uh, it's going to be a real fun run just to see what I can do. So we talked about in the press conference, or at least Coach Hammock alluded to you guys practicing with uh, multiple footballs on the defensive side. For our listeners, can you just kind of let them know what that's been like? Because that's got to seem pretty chaotic. Like, here's a football whistling past my head. The running back's got it. Like, yeah. who do I tackle? No, so the first day the first day it was, because like, like, I don't think we really knew that that was going to be happening. Uh, mm-hmm. So day when we had that first practice. Yeah. But it's more so um, just like GAs in the background uh, throwing, throwing, throwing the ball to, to routes at the end of like the break of it, just so because Kent State holds like their RPO. It's the longest RPO I've ever seen. Yeah. So at, at any point, that quarterback's pulling it and launching it, and so we're just making sure that all the DBs on the back end are ready for it, and just you know finishing out, finishing yeah. out place like st- uh, stand to your man, stand to your man. And then Lance for you. Uh, you know, the, the first day kind of threw me off. You know, I'm coming down, to, I'm coming down to, to tackle the ball carry, and I see a ball in the air. I'm like, oh, pass! But then I see somebody running the ball, so you know, pass. But you know, once they told us what was going on, I'm like, okay. So you know, I mean, it just really, it, it just really forces you. You really lock in on your keys, yeah. you know, and, and focus on your assignment, and you know, forces our secondary to really lock in on staying with their staying with their guys because like Dylan said he really holds that ball yeah. at the RPO so you know we, we got to make sure we stay in coverage you know the linebackers and and our, our trench mob you know we're going to yeah. handle everything up front and then you know secondary just got to hold everything down the back end so and then I swear I didn't mean any pun when I said zero to a hundred but the game was like three nothing at the end of the first and it's yeah. somehow like yeah. the first thing my mom texted me after the game she's like wow they almost scored a hundred points so for you guys on the defensive side of the ball how important is it to get them off schedule, get them off that rhythm and, you know, make them take a longer drive as opposed to the quick strike drives they're accustomed to? Uh, well, you know, when you get when you get an offense off of the game plan, you know, it messes up everything for them. You know, you, you give yourself a chance. So, you know, I think we got a good plan set in place, you know, for us to disrupt this quarterback. And, you know, we're just going to stick to that plan, you know, lock in on our keys, you know, do what we got to do to make sure we cause havoc for them. And then Dylan, for you uh, on the topic of trying to get this this uh, this Kent State offense off schedule, and to to uh, go to your point that we had in the presser earlier, they moved from third, but they're still tenth. And they average, I believe, is seventy eight point three plays a game. Yeah, I think yeah, just uh, try and change that. Like, I think if they're to run sixty plays in this match championship, that means our, our defense really stepped up and did a good good yeah. job. And I, um, like. There's not. I'm not saying it, saying it in a negative way, but there's not much worse we can do from last game. And like, yeah. And, and we have a 
we have a real good game plan of, of ways to just literally kind of like just, just having our linebackers fly down, uh, fill the gaps, and our, and our D lines can go crazy. So it's just going to be coming out to our back end, making plays when it's when the third time called, and the rest is going to take care of itself. So like, I feel like, like even that last game, like you watch that last game, as much as the linebackers and uh, us in general were kind of just sitting back and kind of just, just holding off kind of windows. Wait, yeah, waiting to read and react. We got in the backfield and was and was causing a, a good amount of, like, wreckage and carnage, like, by itself right there. So us playing at just full speed and coming downhill is going to be real better. It's going to be real clean. Um, I like what's going to happen. I think. I think one of the things that I thought about, too, the other day is as a running back, you have to pick your poison. You got the Swiss Army knife, you got the guy with the gold grills, and then you got the guy with the neck roll. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> so it's like which one are you picking? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So for uh, for this game, what uh, what would you like to see, or what do you think the defense needs to do as a whole to to limit that? Um, just, I think just contain from explosives. I I think uh, if we keep them off of tempo and, and just just that hurry up they want to get into, um, they they don't do anything that's too spectacular or crazy, and it's just it's really like smoke and mirrors. It's the yeah. game. So they they, they want to run things that you don't see often or just one little person might be out of place and just affect your defense. But you can't allow that to happen. You guys don't get to see this because you're playing in the games. But I, well, I won't see it because I'm not watching the game on TV. But I hope they bring, like, their A-grade camera crew because there's going to be a lot of, like, play action. Lot, yeah, yeah, and the camera's going to be following the other way. Not truly. Lance, for you, do we have uh, a special set of MAC championship grills on deck for this game? No, I wouldn't say special. You know, same ones I started with first game, same ones I'm finishing with. So, you know, I'm the same guy every day. As long, no need to switch it up now. As <laughs> long as we get to see the the gold girl smile at the end with that MAC championship yeah. Oh, yeah. trophy, it'll, yeah, that's it'll the plan. all be worth it. That's final, the plan. final question for you guys. I had mentioned it in the press conference, but – you guys have, have gotten better week in and week out throughout the season as a defense. And since Kent State, you know, you guys have gotten significantly better as far as third down stops, getting people off the, off the field on fourth down, and we've seen a couple turnovers. Where do you feel that you guys have improved the most since that game? Because uh, as you guys said and as Coach Hammock said, from statistical measures, it was by far the worst game. This Well, it was the worst game defensively, yardage-wise and points-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would have to say, uh, I would say preparation-wise. You mm-hmm. know, we, we, we're we pretty prepared every game, you know, since this whole season been going on. But, you know, I think after that Kent State game, you know, just knowing that we gave up that amount of yards and, you know, yeah. those many big plays, I think it kind of, you know, that, that didn't sit right with guys, you know. So we came in, you know, with a different mindset. Like, you know, we, we, we got to get it together. Like, yeah. you know, that, that's not us. We're, we're better than that. So, you know, I, I think guys, you know, have been taking that mindset and, and running with it. And, you know, we've been seeing it on the practice field. So, you know, that's where it all starts. You know, you practice how you play. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've been putting some pr- pretty good practices together. You know, it's been showing up on the field. And then, Dylan, for you, where do you feel this defense has improved the most since that uh, that loss to Kent State, fifty two forty seven? Um, I think I think the thing that I've noticed um, in the last three games since then is um, how much we've been in the backfield in terms of just like yeah. TFLs and causing havoc. Um, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm willing to bet that like those last three games, we've like uh, going back to Ball State and then to Western. That that's probably the, the most the game the most TFLs we've had over a three game stretch. I think that's big. Yeah, because um, that's like one one of our key goals, one of our key things, especially against a team like Kent State, where a couple of TFLs on a drive, one or two, 
I was going to say, isn't it known to get off the Husky Havoc? Uh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I always look at those when yeah. I come in yeah, and try to read them. I have terrible eyesight, so I can never see it. But, like, for some reason when you mm-hmm. said that, I'm like, that's part of the Husky Havoc. Yeah, no, and, and that's, like, I think that that's something that we've gotten way better at, especially these last three games. Yeah. And I think um, just getting them offset and uh, off their normal cadence and routine with, with TFLs and just different plays in the backfield can really uh, be beneficial to us. Oh, like Mike Candy's been going crazy. Oh, my like, God, yeah. Mike, Mike and Lance. But I think the main two, like, who I'm just picturing is Mike and Lance is in the backfield on a consistent basis and getting TFLs and things like that. So that's going to be that's gonna be big for us. And then final question for you. Do you have uh, anything that you want to plug and then your social media accounts as well? Man, just um, just follow me on Twitter, man. DDT underscore XIV. Uh, it's, it's some hidden gems on there. You'll probably get a few some good, some good, su- some good, good Sunday shot. Chiefs tweets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chiefs fans, you know, AFC <laughs> West, we're there. We're covered, got it covered, 100%. Perfect. And then, Lance, for you, uh, do you have anything to plug? And then I as well plug your social media accounts so our listeners can give you a follow. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at uh, LDJ underscore era. And then uh, you can follow me on Instagram, LDJ era underscore. No, LDJ era 954 underscore. Oh, yeah, because they got your last yeah. account. Yeah, I had to make a new account. They got me. One of those like, bots got me. Instagram, Twitter. It's, you know, and the one thing with, with technology is it's, it's good for you until it fails you. And then, like, what, you probably had, like, five, ten thousand 10,000 followers or something on that Point list. Five, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you got to rebuild that up. But had that account for a while, man. It's yeah. like middle school. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, uh, was it, follow for follow? <laughs> Perfect. Well, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time today and, and several other times throughout this season. Uh, I'm really excited to see you guys out there on Saturday, have an ch- opportunity to go win a MAC championship. But uh, with that being said, on the other side of this episode, we'll be breaking down this this weekend's matchup with Kent State. And uh, I got nothing else for you guys. Roll dogs. Roll dogs. Roll dogs. Perfect. All right, everyone, we really do appreciate you for tuning in to the MAC Championship interview portion of this episode. This week, we were joined by NIU senior linebacker Lance DeVoe, as well as NIU junior rover linebacker Dylan Thomas. On the other side of this episode, we're going to be breaking down this weekend's Rocket Mortgage MAC Championship game. 11 a.m. kickoff, 12 a.m. for us that will be out there in Detroit because they are Eastern time, and they're like right on the... They're like right next to Canada. Like I never realized how close Detroit was to Canada until I went last time for uh, Mac Media Day, and it's like right there. But yeah, everything that we've talked about, everything you guys have listened to me hammer home for five months, and we'll even go as back as far back as last season. This team has completed the most improbable, and I will say the most impressive turnaround in all of college football they were 0-6 last year they're 8-4 with an opportunity to win 10 games with an opportunity to win the MAC championship with an opportunity to play in a in a bowl game so I mean they knocked all three out of the park very well represented in the postseason awards I was speaking with uh, my people with fatties on I want to say a Tuesday night after the show and one of the things that I remember from our conversation, because, you know, me and Tim, we always talk football. I go, Coach Hammock has to be a lock to win Mac Coach of the Year. And then we wake up, oh, I wake up, and then I wake up the next day. And first thing I see when I log on to Twitter is Coach Hammock has been named Mac Coach of the Year. So I, uh, I'm super happy for him, man. You guys all know, um, 
you know, what Coach Hammock means to this podcast. And, and to me, he's done a lot to help us out. And the same goes for those players and the same goes for those coaches. He has worked his ass off to get the, the team and the program and the position that we're in right now. And he's only in year three. And he has the second youngest team in all of college football. And those are confirmed stats. So hats off to the man in charge. Uh, he did receive an extra $50,000 for receiving coach of the year. So for those of you that don't remember last year during the pandemic, coach Hammock and Sean Frazier both took a pay cut so that more money could be circulated throughout the program. Now coach Hammock gets his money back. He is the Mac West champion and he has an opportunity in his third year to go out and get those guys ranks and couldn't be any more proud of this team. Uh, at the running back position, though, too, the awards, they weren't done there. At the running back position, Jay Ducker was awarded the MAC Freshman of the Year. And I want to say, like, the running back position has been our best. I think that goes without being said. I don't know why I said it like it was a surprise. But between Harrison Whaley, uh, between Ontario Brown, between Mason Blakemore, and between Jay Ducker and Clint, there was never a time where any of those backs came in the game where I was like, yo, give me the other one, you know, not to say that they're all created equal because some, some backs are better at certain things than the other ones, but that's up for the coaches to decide. And I think, like I said, up to this point, you know, if Mason's back there, if Ontario's back there, if Harrison's back there, if Jay, Clint, whoever, I'm usually trusting what's, what's about to happen because, and you know, like, Jay Ducker, we didn't know what we were going to get at the beginning of the season. I spoke really highly of him last year, but as a freshman, we didn't we didn't see a lot of him. Very sparingly, he played. But this year, he was he was thrust into that role. Uh, Harrison Whaley, with his injury early in the season, and you guys all know the bell cow that we use Harrison Whaley as, he was getting like 25, 30 touches a game, and he was doing very well with it. And I really hope that – Maybe he's available for a game like this or a bowl game if possible. Obviously, you don't want to put, uh, force it and risk him missing another season. But if it is something that he can physically handle, I wouldn't mind seeing Harrison back for this game in a complimentary role. But the way Jay has taken over this offense in that number one running back role, phenomenal. The kid runs his ass off. He's fast. He has that, you know, He's got like a little mini Clint to him where it's like he may not be the biggest guy in the room, but he absolutely refuses to go down. And he really has a nice like pad pop, I'll say, like when when it gets to the point of attack and a linebacker or safety is beating down trying to get to him, he has a nice pop. And one thing that we talked about on on Tuesday for, you know, the live show is because we were giving out awards at the live show, uh, not actual awards, but just like the four of us and we're all voting on who we thought won which best player and they voted for for jay some voted for him offensive player of the year and then the uh the hungry husky so the newcomer just like the freshman of the year and yeah like the kid has really grown into his own but just wait until jay has been in a college weightlifting and nutrition program for about two three years when jay really grows into his body here as a husky because he's not you know, he's, he's still relatively small, but the, the productivity 
it, it wipes all that out. And when he throws a couple more, you know, pounds and some more muscles and some more muscle on that body, it's going to be like a Clint situation, except he's a little bit faster than Clint. So I'm really excited to see that. If you go down the list on first, second, and third team, we had players names. So let me get to the actual list. Cause like, yo, it was probably close to like 15, 20 players. Okay. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it still was a lot. So on the first team we have on the defensive side of the ball, safety cj brown someone that we were able to or someone that we had the pleasure of interviewing this season and someone that after the week one injury to, to devin lafayette at georgia tech we didn't know uh what the safety position would kind of look like for the rest of the season and cj brown multiple players of the week multiple mac players of the week multiple huskies on tap players of the week and now he has an all-MAC first-team defense. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he honestly said that was one of his goals when he came on the show earlier in the season. So I'd have to go back and and uh, take a listen to see exactly what he said. But I'm almost positive he wanted to be all-conference. On the second team, the big guys up front, friends of the program and fatty-sponsored athletes, Nolan Potter on the offensive line, and, and our guy, Braden Patton on the offensive line. In addition, wide receiver and kick returner, Trayvon Rudolph. And for those of you that don't know, he was a freshman All-American last year, and he really, really stepped into his own in the passing game. He had a record-breaking performance with 309 yards against Kent State. And week in and week out, he was counted on to make big plays. He made those plays. On the defensive side of the ball, no, no second-team players for the defensive side of the ball, but but Trayvon Rudolph uh, was also selected the kick return specialist for second team. So I like to see that. And you got to remember too, he didn't get as many kickoff opportunities as he won. A lot went out of bounds. There was a lot of fair catches. They were trying to kick to Clint or as coach Hammock said in the press conference on Thursday, they tried a lot of teams in the Mac do that short kick where they try to kick it to like Tristan Tavis or like Brett Bostad or like someone on that second line. Got to keep our eyes out on that for that on Saturday. On the third team, on the offensive side of the ball, friend of the program and guard, Logan Chernitz. Kid's been moving bodies. Kid's been getting pancakes all year. You guys have heard just how highly everyone has been speaking of Logan up to this point, and it's great to see him get some postseason recognition. Our guy at the running back, I'm surprised they didn't make like a special position for him, but they gave it to him as a running back. Clint Rakovich, the rat, rat dog, gets on as as a third-team All-Mac uh, offensive player, uh, as well as Dylan McDuffie from, from Buffalo. So those are two backs on that team. And then on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of guys. They got a couple names. On the defensive line, this should come as no surprise, James Esther. The kid has been playing phenomenally since week one, very consistent player, very – uh, havoc wreaking style player. Like he's always in the backfield. He's always getting TFLs. Kid has a very bright future and I can't wait to see uh, how he gets to play on Saturday. Cause in addition to, to Liam also uh, CJ Brown is from Michigan. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to double check that. And then I know James Esther is from Michigan. So 
Yeah, CJ Brown is from Canton, Michigan, and then I also know James Esther is from is from Michigan as well because he went to Cass Tech High School. So, a couple Michigan guys returning back to their state, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they get some family members and some friends out there to see them win a championship on Saturday. This guy right here, my classmate, my guy. You guys heard him at the uh, at the beginning of the episode. Linebacker Lance DeVoe. Played phenomenally all season, one of the leaders on the defensive side of the ball, one of the vets, someone who's been there before, knows situational football, very consistent week in and week out, and someone who has an opportunity to play in the NFL, as well as some of the other players that I mentioned here earlier to this. But to see Lance come back, get all-conference, get an opportunity to win a MAC championship, similar to Lance, you know, not knowing what his third memory for this year was, I think that third one in that trifecta is, is him getting signed to an NFL team. So they say these things come in threes. So don't, the second time we've knocked on wood for this episode, but yeah. And I know Lance won't, he won't talk about it because he's a, he's a one week at a time guy, just like Clint, but I'm really looking forward to seeing where some of our seniors uh, will get opportunities in this next year. In the defensive backfield, another, uh, you know, Secondary player getting honored, and I think this one goes without being said, our number one corner, Jordan Gandy. Jordan Gandy has, I don't know exactly how many pass breakups, but the last time I checked, like he was towards the top of the list in the nation. That secondary has had their moments this year, but one consistent player in that secondary that's come to play week in and week out is Jordan Gandy. He's a very physical corner. He's a very handsy corner. He has good size and awareness to be able to make plays in the passing game. So thought that that was great. Overall, you know, seeing all the guys get recognized ahead of this big game in, in the MAC championship against Kent State was a phenomenal honor for them, I'm assuming, and especially Coach Hammock because, you know, He'll be the first one to tell you, you know, the players are the program. The players make plays. The players win games. He gives all the credit always to the players. But the coaching staff that he put together and the way that that coaching staff, because this, is a, this isn't just like an individual award for the coach of the year, you know. As great as Coach Hammock has done, he even mentioned it in his, uh, in his like his tweet that he did, uh, like he retweeted the award. And he kind of – alluded to he wouldn't be there without his staff and I think we have like the most humble the most respectful and one of the best coaches in in all of college football but the staff that he has put together and you know he kind of alluded to it in the press but like the brotherhood that the staff has everyone is is pretty close and just the way that they've been able and the, and the hours that they put in, you guys heard it on Tuesday. Um, Liam and Braden both said like the GAs and the coaches are the unsung heroes of this team. And a lot of what they do doesn't show up on the stat sheet, kind of like Clint, but those guys work their tails off. Coach Hammock works his tail off. And even if, you know, you didn't get mentioned for, for all Mac player of the year, this team is going after the ultimate goal and we have an opportunity to win a MAC championship on Saturday. So congratulations to all of the players that were named in the postseason awards for the MAC conference. I will say, 
be on the lookout for Coach Hammock to get some AP votes. I don't know if he'll actually win the award. Obviously, they try to stick to the high majors or to the to the Power Fives and and a team that's maybe in the college football playoff or or a New Year's Six Bowl. But I can't find a reason why Coach Hammock won't at least get a couple votes in the AP poll. But enough of uh, this, you know, the awards and and all the good stuff. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. This Saturday, like I said, 11 a.m. Ford Field. A lot of people I've seen on Twitter and on Facebook, like in the in the NIU Facebook page and stuff, I, I've seen a lot of people are are getting ready to either fly out or drive out or try and get like a team Husky bus out to Detroit. And it's a very encouraging thing to see that we're going to try and paint Ford field red. Uh, if you're listening to this episode and you can't get out to Detroit and to Ford field, like I said on last episode, fatty's pub and grill is definitely the place to be for this game. If you're not able to be in attendance, we're going to have an away game watch party like we do for all other away games. It's going to start at 11 Come grab a drink, come grab some food, come have some fun and let's cheer our Huskies on to a victory. But for those of you that will be in attendance, we got to be loud. Well, I can't be loud. So you guys got to be loud for me. Um, I'll be white knuckling and doing like the Tiger Woods fist pump underneath the desk up in the press box, but I really would not like to get kicked out of the press box. So uh as much as it'll be hard for me not to cheer, like this is also one of the biggest professional moments for my career and my life, just like an event of this magnitude, being able to cover it in person is a, is a great privilege to me. And I can't take it for granted by, uh, by being a fan of my guys, but expect me to do a lot of tweets on, on Saturday. I don't know if I mentioned it already, but Ethan, our former co-host, uh, who now works with WREX, he's going to be joining me on the post game. So it'll be, uh, It'll be just like the old times with the post games with my guy, Ethan. Hopefully I saw he's like, so what's the setup for this? And I'm like, I don't know. There's a possibility that we'll be able to interview players after. I don't really know what we'll be able to do on that front, but just like picture us back in my shitbox hotel room with a desk set up with like two giant bottles of champagne and the rest is history. But this is a very even game. This is a game that, as we alluded to earlier on the episode in the interview portion, we lost 52 to 47. Um, it wasn't like the worst game by any stretch. That was the game that Rocky went down. Rocky got hurt. In the, it was late, so it wasn't like us not having Rocky at the end uh, affected much. But Rocky went down in that game. That was when we missed a kick right before the half, uh, like the 53-yarder that we actually talked about earlier in the week on the show. And – yeah, it was one of those games where I almost think I said it on the show after the, the original game. We didn't lose the game. We just ran out of time. Just be a dork. But realistically, this is a team that they run very high tempo. They run up to 78 plays. I think uh, what I said to Dylan earlier was 78.3 plays per game, which is good for 10th in tempo in all of college football. And they have a new defensive coordinator. Their defense isn't great. They do allow a lot of points a game, but they, they manage to score just a little bit more. Uh, one of the best offenses in all of college football, even coming from the Mac. So I think of the utmost importance for this week, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. And it goes to kind of what the guys were saying earlier. 
you need to be able to create pressure. Uh, get Dustin Crumb and get that offense off their rhythm. Get them off schedule. They're used to always going forward. If you can get a couple TFLs and, and set them up in a second and 14 or a third and 12 or even take a third and three and make it a third and set or a, a second and three and make it a third and seven or a third and six. All those types of things matter. And as much as I want to say like, yo, let's, let's keep them under a specific amount of points as coach hammock talked about in the press conference, they're going to score. It's just a matter of how many and where we can get those stops. I think four or five stops and it sounds crazy. And I'm just talking whether it's a turnover on downs, whether it's a, a punt or a actual interception or fumble five stops wins this game because as we saw last time, like this game was the first quarter went exactly how we wanted to without, with the exception of the fact that we didn't score touchdowns, we kicked field goals and it was like three, nothing, if I'm not mistaken. And then all of a sudden the game just broke, like the game was broken. It was like Madden rookie, with the sliders cranked all the way up, they would score a touchdown. Then we would score a touchdown. Then they would, and it just was touchdown, 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 back and forth all the way into the end. until we got to a 52 47 score at the end defensively, the big play was an issue last time and they, they couldn't really stop the running game, which allowed them to get what they wanted in the passing game. So from my perspective is from my perspective, this game is a game that, you almost want it to go how, how I say they go on script and they go on schedule. We want to have our game schedule and I'm going to lay it out for you guys like this. So offensively. Okay. So we're going to go as, as all the way to the coin toss, literally from the coin toss to the end of the game, coin toss, take the ball. We score first and then we get our defense out there with a the lead. We try to get as many stops as possible along the way. But you want, you know, as much as getting the ball in the second half is an advantage, I think in this game, you go out, you get the first points, and then you let your defense settle in with a little bit of confidence, with a seven-point lead, with a drive that Rocky and the boys just concocted in like four minutes and got 80 yards and were, you know, finished it in the end zone. You need to start this game with – an immense amount of energy and momentum. Coach Hammock also talked about energy being a very uh, big component for a game like this. If we can take this game into the half up, whether it's seven points, whether it's three points, whether it's one point, Coach Hammy special, the confidence in that locker room to go out and finish the job is going to be at an all-time high. And even on the reverse end of the spectrum, As you guys heard from several of the players that were on at the live show this week, pressure doesn't get to them at this point. When you've been in, you know, six or seven one possession games throughout the season, you got nothing to lose. You know what you need to do and you go out there and get it done. And we've seen it week in and week out from the, from coach Isis and coach Hammock with the play calling. And then from the, the, players out there executing the plays and some of our game winning drives have been all run plays have been like eight run plays, one pass, and then they get a 15 yard around Clinton. Then we're kicking a field goal and it's GG, you know? So if we go into the half with the lead, 
our chances go up exponentially, I believe. I think this is a game that, like, as crazy as it sounds, let's try and go up by more. Let's, honestly, let's try to put them away. Fuck them. Excuse my French. Kent's not a state. I'm tired of hearing that Dustin Crum this, Kent State that, blah, 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 blah. We got the players in the locker room that can match with those players, if not do better. I looked at Rocky's stats side by side with Dustin Crum, and he's, Crum's got him by like 100 yards. Rocky, I think, has a better completion percentage. They have the same amount of touchdowns. And you also have to account for, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, Rocky has to have had run for over four or 500 yards this year. So that counts for something as well. But I'm getting off schedule. Back to my, like, predicted game schedule for this game. So, say we take the lead into the half, we get to halftime, they get their speech in, they get their rest in, they get their uh, their halftime banana and fruit snacks and their uh, their fruit and all that stuff, get the, get the carbs and the energy back in. And they come back out for the second half. And if it goes the way I said that it will probably end up going, but again, I was told by a wise man, thank God you don't coach. <laughs> and uh, he'll, you'll know who you are when you hear that. But shout out to that guy. I have some good football conversations with him week in and week out. But going into the second half, I think it's the same way as the first half, except they get the ball first. So it's like if we can get that first drive on, on defense in the first half and that first drive on defense in the second half, if we can get a stop, and even if we can hold Kent State to field goals on those drives – I think to start the game and to start the half, there will be an immense amount of momentum on that defensive side of the ball. Those guys, just as much as everyone else, want to right the wrong and want to fix the performance from the first time around. They gave up over, say, like six to 700 yards. Like, it was a lot of yards, and they're not proud of that performance. But they have – gotten a lot better and this isn't just me being biased or me like this is what I've seen with my own eyes they have gotten a lot better since that game there's three games this year that the defense absolutely just didn't have it that day the Wyoming game the Michigan game and the Kent State game those are three outlier situations it is what it is we need to be able to trust our guys to go out there and make a couple plays get some TFLs and get some turnovers because turnovers will be monumental in this game. If we can get a turnover in plus territory too, we got to finish with seven. But the way I look at it is, is you get through that first drive of the first half, first drive of the second half with a stop on each drive. And you follow that up with points. The cushion that we bring into the fourth quarter will ultimately decide. I think if we go or not, because I don't think it's a matter of, of us coming back. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, it's going to be one of those games where it's like we're chasing 17 or we're chasing 14 or we're chasing 10. And, and if it comes to that, trust the man next to you. Husky fans, I'm hoping you flip your hat to a rally cap because I won't be able to, and I'm going to need that energy from our fans, but just remember this team wasn't supposed to be here. So be excited, be grateful, be loud, be proud, be heard. And I'll give a shout out to uh, 
I'm going to mess up his last name, but Nick on Twitter, uh, he's hosting him and a couple other people are hosting a, what call it brunch, uh, Saturday morning at tin roof, I believe is the name of the place in Detroit. So a lot of Husky pride. And then too, I also saw our guy, Nick, uh, He's got a nice little plus 4,000 ticket for NIU to win the Mac. So keeping my fingers crossed for him, I told him not to hedge earlier in the week. Uh, but that's also just because I'm a bastard. Like when I bet on like the Bears or like Notre Dame, it's like I'd rather lose betting on the Bears or Notre Dame than win betting on the other team. So and obviously being an Illinois resident, we can't bet on the Huskies. But uh, I believe Nick lives in like Cincinnati or Ohio or somewhere. So he – has that ability and he took full advantage of it. I've been saying since like last year or even earlier in the year, like our out of state betters, we found an out of state better who's got the golden ticket. And I'm actually probably going to make a gift for him if they do end up pulling it off. Cause that's a, uh, it's putting your meat on the table and having trust in the boys, but back to the game, I think they bring a lead into the fourth quarter. It's, it's a wrap. Like it's curtains. I don't think that, any single player in that locker room is not on the same page with the man next to them. And the way coach hammock described practice this week with the, the multiple footballs, the intensity, getting some of the guys back, like Rocky Cole Tucker was in the press conference of so Cole Tucker will be available this weekend. I don't know. I don't have any other further injuries. Um, I saw Rocky at, I saw him at, at the gas station before <laughs> the night before we did the live show. And I hadn't talked to him since the injury. And he told me then, that he's about 90%. So, and that was Tuesday afternoon, maybe like one o'clock by the time we get to Saturday, I fully anticipate he'll be a hundred percent. And I honestly, I'm expecting a, a big game from the offense again, but I'm hoping that on the defensive side of the ball, we get those turnovers, we get those TFLs, so as you heard from Dylan earlier in the episode, they've been getting a lot more TFLs than they have at any other period of the season. So this has to be a complete performance. Every man has to know they're one of one going into Saturday and they have to go out there and execute and be able to make the plays, play three hours of football. Well, play 60 minutes of football. I don't know why I said three hours. There's no shot in hell that game's going to be three hours. That game will end at like, <laughs> like four 30 because it's going to be a lot of commercials. going to be a lot of touchdown commercials. There's going to be a lot of breaks, uh, all that. So full hour of football, the best 60 minutes. And I think the way that Coach Hammock said it, and this is kind of, was kind of like his closing statement in the press conferences, if we go out there and play our best football for 60 minutes and don't get the result, we can live with that. You know, as long as they go out there and they leave everything on the line, he has made sure that the team embraces the situation because they know there's no guarantee that they can get back and to make sure that they have fun at the end of the day. Shout out to our guy, Evan Buss. So with that being said, on the offensive side of the ball, I want to see sustained running, a running game. Last time this was a game that we were only able to get, I think like 131 yards and putting only in front of 131 yards should be illegal, but the quality of our run game, like almost expects me to see them get like 175, 200 a week. And they weren't able to really control the line of scrimmages. Kent State does have a quality offense or quality defensive line. As said on the, the Fatty's pregame live show, there's not too much that Rocky can improve on because 
he had like a 550 yard game. It was 532 or 537. I don't know the exact number, but it is a school record. And Trayvon Rudolph had a phenomenal game. That game was, it was wild. But offensively, I'm looking towards the younger receivers. I'm looking towards like the Muhammad Toure's, the Messiah Travis's. Um, in the tight end game, looking at guys like Tristan Tavis, looking at our guy Liam, looking at some of those guys that haven't been in the marquee spotlight position all year, you know, like getting the game winning touchdown or getting the, you know, the first down that extends the game winning drive because they're going to key in on Trayvon Rudolph. And we, like I said, we get Cole Tucker back this week. We have miles Joyner in there as well. But if we can get one of the aforementioned players, whether it's Toure, whether it's Tavis, whether it's Travis, Billy Dozier, any of those guys that are viewed as right now as like a third or fourth receiver or like Liam and, and Tristan, who they do get passes regularly. Like each game they get a few uh, targets, but like they're never really like the main emphasis. I want to see one of those guys pop off on Saturday and make some noise because they're not going to let Trayvon go for 300 yards again. I say that now, and then he's going to go for 400 because Trayvon's an absolute amazing athlete, but they are going to put so much stock in stopping Trayvon Rudolph that it's going to open up stuff for other guys like Travis, like Toure, like Sorahan, like Tavis. So if we can get one of those guys to pop off on Saturday, I think that, that significantly increases our chances to win and what better, what better game to step up and have like your game of the season and game of your, of your lifetime, you know, the Mac championship at Ford field, incredible scenes, offensive line. It goes without being said in it. It honestly like doesn't even have to be said, but I'm going to say it anyways, go out and play your game. You guys have been playing bully ball all season and been moving bodies off the ball. Logan, Nolan, Braden, like three out of the five getting all conference honors is is phenomenal. And yeah, I don't see the offensive line being an issue as they haven't really been an issue all season long. So offensively, just try and keep a balanced attack like they have. Uh, Coach Hammock said that this game being indoors kind of like it relieves some of the pressure of having to deal with those 18 mile an hour winds or the, the, you know, the snow and the sleet. You don't have to worry about any adverse conditions when John's John Richardson's going out for a field goal. Although we would like this to be more of a touchdown game. And then two, even though Rockies passes cut through the wind, like, like that knife cuts through the butter on your kitchen table. That's been, you know, cause some people keep their butter out. So, you know, cuts a little easier and it's, uh, it's not as, like cold, you know, because it's so hard to spread cold butter on a hot piece of toast. It takes a second. But if it's already a little room temperature, it just cuts through just like that. That's how Rockies passes work. Don't know how to worry about any of that this week. I do believe that at least I saw I saw that Tyrese Ritchie may not be available for the rest of the season or for this game. So it's very important that those younger players step up and we wish nothing but the best to Tyrese Richie. He's given us a great couple of years here as an NIU Husky. Other than that, I would say just kind of some beat on him on a PS, some cliches. 
control what you can control out there. Uh, the players, they've worked for this, this game their whole life. And I think like, despite the age, despite the pressure, despite it being a team that, that beat you once already, I really, really, really like NIU in this spot to win the game and win the MAC championship. I did look and see, and they are underdogs again. They were plus three, so they're giving us a field goal uh, on the spread. And then the over-under was 73 and a half, which I could see that going under, but I would absolutely never bet on that because it's a MAC under, so I would not suggest that you bet on that either. Uh, if you're an NIU fan and if you're an out-of-state better, my style for this type of game, a championship game, a playoff game, it's money, line, or die. So if you're looking into betting on this game, don't worry about the the Vegas three points. Uh, at the very least, you you know, if we lose by three, you push. But this is one of those games where if you're you're better, you're an out-of-state better, and you're looking to bet on this game, take the money line. It's not a, it's not as inflated as it could be. And people had it opened at one and a half. So people, the way betting works is people have been betting on Kent state to win. So that moves the line uh, from one and a half to, I think three or three and a half, but you don't want to be that guy that's sitting there with a ticket from like the Barstool sports book up there in Detroit that says NIU plus three. And we lost the game by one or two. You get to win your bet, but you don't win the game. This is the, that type of bet that you want at all or you want none of it. It's kind of a psychotic approach, but I think with the value, with the plus 135 or whatever it'll end up getting to before kickoff, it's a good bet. It is what it is. I think for a score prediction, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, even though I said like the under could happen. The only reason why I think the under could happen is – we play that game, that style of game where we're we're taking seven minute drives every time we get the football. So that's like if you're into if you're into that kind of stuff, you're into betting unders. That's like my whole, I guess you would say, under minute on it is I could see this game going under because they end up uh, running the football a lot or or taking the time of possession battle and really just trying to take the air out of the ball. But it's the Mac. Uh, as you see week in and week out, there's spurts of these games that have no points and there's spurts of these games that have 42 points. So for my score prediction, like I said, high scoring game, probably going to finish over that total as they finished at 99 points last time. So I'll, I'll coincide a pick with that, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go 41 to 38 and I'm going to go double. I'm going to double down on my prediction. I'm going to go crazy with my prediction for the second time this year. I'm calling a John Richardson walk-off field goal. It's going to be 38, 38, uh, late in the game. Kent state will have a touchdown to tie it late in the game. Maybe say a fourth quarter, a couple minutes left. The guys get the ball. They're able to drive down the field and they kick a game winning field goal as time expires and we get another great John Richardson celebration. We get uh, another great – I'm hoping we get a new cover photo because the Georgia Tech one was lit, but I cannot wait to see Coach Hammock's face and the faces on those players uh, when they win that MAC championship on Saturday. 
third knock on wood of the episode, but I'm very confident in this team after talking with the players and the coaches this week, where they're at on this game and just uh, having that trust and belief in these guys. And it's going to be a hell of a weekend. This is uh, coming to you live from Thursday afternoon. Wanted to give the other episode a little bit of time to breathe because sometimes we stack those two too uh too quickly and then like if you don't get a chance to listen to the live show the most recent episode you'll see is this one and just kind of like listener algorithm nerdy stuff like that but on the offensive side of the ball my pre-game key player of the game is going to be rocky lombardi guy touches the ball every every, every single play Last game out, he had over 500 yards. He really led the charge for a late comeback and just for an overall, you know, non, non-quitting performance because they did go down big in this game and they were able to continue to fight back and continue to fight back. And although I said on Tuesday I want to see 606 from Rocky, I, I think that's a little lofty. But if we can get 300 yards out of Rocky, three or four touchdowns, one of those maybe can be a rushing touchdown as well. I really, really do like our chances to win this game. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm looking to the leader. I'm looking to my guy, Lance DeVoe. I'm looking to that linebacking core, but specifically Lance. Um, As someone who's been in this game before, got to be able to keep those guys level-headed, ready to roll to the next play, and I think Lance is the perfect guy for that. Expect Lance to finish with – at or around 10 tackles, guy gets gets it done week in and week out. And uh, I'm hoping for Lance's sake, uh, especially in this game, that Benetti and, and the crew get his name right. Luckily, we don't have the same crew, so we won't get – hopefully we won't get Devereaux. But if you're at home watching, you're going to have to keep me posted on uh, any announcing blunders because we get them week in and week out. Special teams – is going to go right in line with my weekly bold prediction of John Richardson hitting the game-winning field goal and the Huskies winning 41-38. to John Richardson, special teams player of the game, I think he's going to make all of his kicks, extra points included, keep all of his kicks in bounds, and the Huskies will find a way to win this one late on a John Richardson kick, the 41-38 to victory, and the MAC championship. All in one game. It's going to be an incredibly proud day to be a Husky. It's going to be uh, an incredibly good game, high-scoring game, and a game that I ultimately think we're going to come out victorious. But again, as always, we really do appreciate the great listeners of this show for tuning in to another episode of Huskies on Tap, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. It's going to be a, a long weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. Find a way to go 1-0 this week. Find a way to, you know, have that balance attack. Let's find a way to get five or so stops on defense because I think that will ultimately be the difference in the game. I got the Huskies by a million, as stated by my mom this week, but 41-38 will do. And honestly, we're going to win this game by one point. Watch. I don't know how or why I'm saying it, but it's just the way this team works. They're going to win this game by one point. So maybe we'll go 41-40. We, 
we have a little bit more pressure added to that last drive, but no matter which way you cut the pie, Huskies are going to win this football game. Celebration. I cannot wait to see them do the Grove street at the 50 with the trophy. It's going to be insane. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be out there. And like I said, if, uh, if you're going to Detroit and you're traveling, you see me out. Don't don't be shy. Don't feel afraid to say what's up. I always love interacting with uh, the people that listen to this show, and um, it's one of the more rewarding parts about doing this. So, I'm gonna stop rambling. I gotta get uh, a couple other things done. I'm s- sorry that uh, this one's coming to you a little bit later in the day on Thursday, but look at the bright side. On your five-hour drive up to Detroit, you're gonna have about an hour or two. I would say two hours if you haven't listened to uh, the live show of NIU football content to get you ready for this game on Saturday. But again, this was Husky's on tap presented to you by Fatty's pub and grill and brought to you by on tap sports net. Give us a follow on our socials at Husky's on tap and at beat on 300, but I got nothing else for you guys. Look forward to seeing you all out in Detroit and go Husky. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.